tonight. We have a special service, afterglow service. Some people call it Believer's Night. And so tonight is going to be more uh, interactive. So you just won't be hearing my voice. You'll probably still hear my voice quite a bit because I'll be carrying around the mic, but not as much as usual. So like I said, it'll be more interactive. Uh, Tonight during this afterglow service, um, it's going to be a time of worship. It's going to be a time of worship. The word worship, for example, when I look in the Hebrew in the Old Testament, it means to bow down, to bow down. It could also be defined as an act of acknowledging and acclaiming the majestic greatness of God in the ways that he prescribes, in the ways that he wants us to. And so we ascribe or give honor to God through praise. And what is praise? Praise is the expression of approval. It's the expression of respect and honor and reference to God. And so praise is a part of worship. Prayer is a part of worship. Singing songs to the Lord is a part of worship. We're honoring God. It's a, it, even reading and uh, teaching, preaching, listening to the word of God. Most of all, oh, uh, just obeying the word of God. That's a part of worship. And so the Bible says, and this is Jesus speaking, he says that the true worshiper worships in spirit and in truth. In John chapter 4, uh, verses 23 through 24, for example, as Jesus is talking to the Samaritan woman that he met at Jacob's well, he says, but the hour is coming and now is uh, when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth. And he says, for the father is seeking such to worship him. And he goes on to say in verse 24 of John chapter four, he goes on to say that God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and true. And so the worship that we give, and this is speaking of the true worshipers of God, it must be in the area or the plane of the spirit. See, when God created man, he created us with the body, soul, and spirit. And so in order uh, to be able to worship him truly in spirit, our spirit needs to become alive, which means we need to be born again which means that we need to repent and put our trust in Jesus Christ for salvation. Now our spirit is alive and it is there that we're to worship God. And so in other words, uh, true worship is not based on our location, whether you're uh, in a church building um, or if you go to some um, holy site, you travel to Israel, wherever, temple. Um, it, It doesn't matter the location, the true worshipers will worship him in spirit and truth. Not only that, it's not only outwardly, you know, just outwardly doing good things. On the outside, it looks like you're honoring God. It's not just about the outward, but it's on the spiritual plane, the spiritual level. Why? Because Jesus says that God is spirit, but we also must worship him in truth which means we need to worship him based on the truth that is in the word of God. And it's the way he prescribed in his word. We're not to worship him any kind of way. Like some people will worship a pagan, sacrificing um, animals or, you know, we don't do that anymore. In the Old Testament, of course, God allowed that. It served as an IOU. 
you know, the, the sacrifices of these lambs and goats. Those were IOUs pointing to Jesus Christ. And so Jesus Christ, he covered the IOUs, those animal sacrifices. So there's no need for any more animal sacrifice. You know, some um, um, so-called religions or cults, they, they sacrifice people, babies. And by the way, there's some um, babies still being offered to Satan. We call it abortion. And so we, we worship him based on truth, the way that he wants us to worship him. And so the worship or this bowing down or this falling before God this is an attitude of the spirit. Of course, uh, literally, you can bow down. You can lay prostrate on the floor, on the ground, or you can kneel at your seat. So literally, we can do that with our body position. We can stand. We can lift up our hands, holy hands. But what matters most in true worship is uh, the bowing down uh, of our hearts. It's the attitude of our spirit. And it should be a daily attitude that all of us should have. So really worship is us honoring God in everything that we do. So it is an attitude that we should have in our lives. And so tonight, yes, we're going to worship the Lord as, as we normally do. It's just a different order of service. Uh, but tonight, of course, you can expect a short teaching, songs, prayer, and sharing a word that God has placed upon your heart. I like to call it a timely word, a word that we need to hear right here, right now. Something that we need the Lord to speak to us in the situations that we're currently in, a timely word. And so we're going to hear that. In other words, we're going to use the spiritual gifts, the gifts of the Spirit in a biblical way. And in speaking of the gifts of the Spirit, uh, you can read Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapters 12 through 14, and also Ephesians uh, chapter 4. But I'm just going to spend just a little bit of time in 1 Corinthians 14, and then we'll get on with the rest of the service. And so in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, it says to pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, uh, but especially that you may prophesy. And so this gift of prophecy, uh, yes, it may deal with foretelling or sharing something about the future. Of course, it's not going to contradict the word of God. Uh, we see examples of that uh, in the book of Acts, for example. But most of the time, the gift of prophecy, the way we use it, is often foretelling. In other words, it's speaking forth God's already revealed word. However, it's not about just opening up the Bible and sharing your favorite bedtime scripture. That's fine that you have a favorite verse in the Bible, uh, but it's not about, tonight it's not about sharing your favorite verse. It's about sharing a timely word, speaking forth the word of God. And so he said, pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. And once again, I'm in 1 Corinthians 14 at this point. In verses 2 and 3, it says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. And so obviously we are not what you would call cessationists. We don't believe that the gifts of the spirit have ended. 
or else why would uh, the Holy Spirit include, because the Holy Spirit, of course, God set aside certain men to write down his inspired word. So why would he include instructions on how to use the spiritual gifts in a biblical way if they're not for today? And so he talks about the gift of tongues here. We, we see that. And then in verse 3, but he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. And so speaking in the tongue, just to start off with that, because obviously verse 2 comes before verse 3, so I'll start at verse 2. So speaking in a tongue, it refers to speaking in a language uh, one previously had not learned. You didn't go to school for it. Uh, you, You didn't use Rosetta Stone. You didn't teach it to yourself but some kind of app or anything like that, but it is a a spiritual gift. Now, notice this, that when a believer uses this gift of, of speaking in a tongue, it is his or her spirit that is praying, and it is prompted by the Holy Spirit. And so we see even in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 2, on the, on the day of Pentecost, we see that the believers, uh, they were given that ability by the Holy Spirit. And then here in 1 Corinthians 14, 14, he says that his spirit is praying when he speaks in a tongue, this language that he previously had not learned, he being the apostle Paul here. And so the spirit prays as prompted by the Holy Spirit. It's a spiritual gift. It's real. Also, the person using the gift, the scriptures tell us, may not even understand what they are saying to God as they pray to God or give him praise. Now, to be clear, in 1 Corinthians 12, 30, the scriptures tell us that not everyone has this gift. And it tells us that through asking rhetorical questions. And so we see not everybody has that gift or not all of us have the same gifts, spiritual gifts. The Holy Spirit, he, he gives them out according to his will. And so, no, we don't always we have the same gifts. Does it make you any less of a Christian? No. Does it mean you're not saved? It doesn't mean that, even though some people will teach that. It's in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 12, if they were to read it all. But... Notice this too, speaking of the gift of tongues, when, these, when this gift is being used, who is being spoken to? It, it says here in verse 2, for he who speaks in the tongue does not speak to men. So this is not a person who's share, sharing the gospel in another language. It says they don't speak to men, but in verse 2 it says, but to God. And so this person who's using this gift is directing praises and prayers to God in a language he or she previously had not known, but the Holy Spirit prompts their spirit to do it. But notice this, notice the difference between speaking in a tongue and speaking and, and, and giving a prophecy. The tongue is directed towards God, the prophecy is directed towards people. Verses two and three, it's right there in the scriptures. And so when the believer uses the gift of prophecy, we see three purposes. Uh, Verse three is for edification. That means it builds us up. It's also for exhortation. That means to encourage or to spur us to action. So in other words, when a person is using that gift, it makes you, by the time the service ends, it makes you want to hurry up and apply what you have learned. You're, you're pumped up. You're fired up to apply what you've learned. Gift of exhortation or gift of prophecy. 
Then, of course, gift of prophecy, a third purpose is to comfort. That's to console and to strengthen those in need. And so, in other words, when someone gives the gift or uses the gift of prophecy, they will often share a timely word. In verse 4, it says, he who speaks in a tongue, notice this, edifies himself, builds up themselves. But he who prophesies, edifies, or builds up the church. You are the church. Believers, you are the church. And so when a person prophesies, they speak forth that timely word of God. It, it builds us up. Remember, it's for edification. It's for exhortation. It's for comfort. And so while the gift of tongues is, is used to edify the user of that gift, notice, once again, prophecy edifies others. Uh, but then here, something else is added in verse 5. Uh, it says, I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesy. Why? And this is speaking in a group setting. And so in the group setting, I wish, yeah, I wish you all spoke with tongues, just in general, but, but even more that you prophesied, of course, that would be in a group setting. Why? Because he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. So in a group setting, that foretelling of the word of God, that, prof- that gift of prophecy, it edifies all who are hearing. They can understand it in their own language. And, 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 but the one who uses the gift of tongues edifies him or herself. However, as it says in verse 5 of 1 Corinthians 14, the gift of tongues could be a blessing to others as well if there is the gift of interpretation of tongues. And so the interpretation of tongues is also, by the way, a spiritual gift. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 10. And when you hear an interpretation of tongues, what you should hear is something that is directed towards God, not to men. Uh, the prophecy is directed towards men because it says here that is you're speaking to God, not to men. That, that's what it, um, you know, tells us here in verse two. And so the interpretation, you should, you should hear that it's a prayer or praise directed to God. Uh, but also you'll notice that the interpretation will actually be longer than the actual utterance in tongues. And that's because it's not just uh, a word-for-word translation. If it were a word-for-word translation, then the word count would be equal, right? But it's an interpretation. That means not only is it a translation, but it also gives the meaning of it. And so that's why if you hear somebody give the interpretation in tongues, in a language we understand, it's often going to be longer than the actual utterance. But also, it should be directed towards God, as it says in 1 Corinthians 14, 2. And so, according to 1 Corinthians 14, uh, 13, the one who speaks in the tongue um, is also actually told to pray that they may interpret what was said. It, they can actually pray. We could actually pray for the interpretation of it. We're encouraged to do that. Uh, in verse 12, even so you, skipping ahead, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. And so it's all about profiting everyone else in the church, not, not just yourself. Okay, it's not all about us. It's, it's about all of us. We're here to help 
strengthen each other, build each other up through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so um, let's look at uh, 1 Corinthians 14, verses 26 through 33. And then we can be close to wrapping it up and then moving on. So uh, 1 Corinthians 14, verses 26 through 33, it says, How is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. So for building up others in the church, in other words. So if anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two or at the most three, each in turn, and let one interpret. But if there is no interpreter, then let him keep silent in the church and let him speak to himself and notice who is, being, who is being directed to, and to God. Let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. But if anything is revealed to another who sits by, let uh, the first keep silent. Uh, for you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be encouraged. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. So the purpose of going over what I'm going over is so, um, you know, everything will be done properly, decently and in order. That's why it's being laid out here. They were a little out of control. Yes, the spiritual gifts are, are real from the Holy Spirit. They're beneficial, of course. It's from God. But the, the church of Corinth and even some churches today, they were out of order with it. And so here we have 1 Corinthians 14. And so in regards to tonight, um, if there's anyone who is mentally or emotionally tired, my prayer is that you would be refreshed. And if there's anyone who is grieving tonight, my prayer is that you would be comforted. And if there's anyone who needs any direction, my prayer is that you will receive guidance. And is there anyone tonight who needs encouragement? Well, for you, my prayer is that you will be encouraged. And if there's anyone in here who, who are maybe not sure of what they ought to be doing and then they receive some instruction of what to do, my my. my um, prayer for you is that by the Holy Spirit, you would be enabled to do what you have been exhorted to do. But overall, uh, my encouragement for all of you tonight, for all of us, is to be blessed while at the same time being a blessing. But overall, what we want to do, as it says in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 14, verse 40, is to do everything decently and in order. Okay, so, so let all things be done to be specific. Let all things be done, but it says decently and in order. The problem with some churches is that they let all things be done. Um, the problem with other churches is that they, on, they are only focused on order, decently and in order. But in regard to the spiritual gifts, it says let all things be done, but then couple that with decently and in order. And so that's what we want to do tonight. And we just pray uh, that you'll be blessed. And so, um, you know, after I step down uh, from the stage, uh, the worship team will, they're going to sing a song. And then afterwards, I'm going to have a wireless uh, mic in hand. And I'll be um, taking that mic around to anyone who has a word to share that the Lord has put on your heart to share a timely word. Okay, remember, it's not about sharing your favorite verse. 
Uh, but it's about something that God wants you to share with the rest of us right here, right now, that's going to be a blessing to at least one person in here who needs to hear that word. And so I'll take that mic around to you. And also, if you share uh, that scripture, please um, give the reference. And so we have uh, Joseph in the sound booth. He's, he's agreed to, to put the scriptures uh, on the screen so you can keep up with those scriptures. Um, also, if you uh, share a scripture, you don't, don't, don't feel obligated to expound upon it. Um, you could just read it and sit down and that'll be good enough. God can speak for himself. And so don't feel like you have to expound upon it, you know, t- for like 10, 15 minutes or anything like that. Don't feel that pressure. Uh, but a lot of times you'll know when God is really giving you something to share because you just can't shake it. And your heart may start beating quickly. You, be like, you try to push it out of your head. No, Lord, you can't be talking to me. Uh, but then one song plays, another song come, goes, and, and, and more people um, share scriptures. And your heart is still beating, and you still can't shake that scripture or that word God has put in your heart. Well, I would say to you to share it because you never know who you'll be a blessing to. And so I just want to put that out there. Uh, but then everyone else who hears these scriptures, I would encourage you to be ready to record. So whether you have a little notepad on your phone, your tablet, or a literal pen and paper, um, you want to write these down because oftentimes you'll see a theme or an overall message that God wants to get across to us. Uh, but also as the music plays during the service tonight, uh, feel free to stand, feel free to sit, feel free to kneel, feel free to pray. And so we're worshiping God. We want to glorify. We want to honor him. But then get this, as the scripture shared, if someone speaks in tongues above everyone else and we all hear it, then we're going to be quiet and we're going to wait for an interpretation. But we're also going to be obedient to the scriptures that if there's no interpretation, then that person, they're going to need to quiet down and keep it between themselves and the Lord. And then uh, for the night, um, to end the night, so probably the last 15 minutes or so, um, you know, worship team, um, I know they're prepared, go to ask them to sing for that last 15 minutes or so. And during that time, I'm going to ask that you feel free to come up for prayer. Feel free to move around and pray for others. Uh, feel free to move around the mature um, believers or, or leaders in the church for prayer. Or you could just simply stay where you are and enjoy your time of worshiping the Lord. So that's about the last 15 minutes or so. And so at this time, I'm going to uh, step down and the uh, worship team is going to sing. And so go ahead, just, just, just honor God, glorify him. So real quick, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this night. Lord, we, we're excited to see what you're going to do. We, we're excited to see what you're going to speak and, and share with us. We pray, Lord, if there's any exhortation that you help us to apply it. And Lord, if there's um, anyone here, Lord, maybe not feeling well, have upcoming surgeries, or uh, maybe they've been diagnosed with something. And, and Lord, they, they encourage them, Lord, stir their hearts to come up for prayer, to pray for healing, to uh, if anybody needs wisdom, encourage them to come up and, and pray for, for wisdom or whatever it may be, Father. Uh, but Lord, we just lift this night up to you. Help us to get out of ourselves. I know we're, uh, a lot of us are a little uncomfortable. Some of us may be shy. I'm naturally shy. But Lord, help us to get out of that and just focus on you and allow you to do what you will in and through our lives. We love you, Lord. We thank you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. All right.
something to share. Jody. I'd like to start off with the Ephesians 5, 15 through 20 from the New Living Translation. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly. But understand what the Lord wants you to do. If we want to understand what the Lord wants us to do, we have to read his word. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. Wake up singing to the Lord. These songs that we we hear every Wednesday night and Sunday morning, these songs, wake up singing them. You'll be blessed. And give thanks for everything to God the Father, In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's nothing that we know of, that we don't know of, that God hasn't created. If you, I mean, you've probably seen the videos. Uh, You can go to the furthest uh, outside of the, our universe. God created it. You can go to the smallest uh, microscopic creature God created it. He is an awesome God. We cannot fathom how great he is. He deserves our praise. Amen. 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 
Thank you, Joe. So again, that's Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 20. All right. My verse is Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And something the Lord showed me recently was um, how the brain works. That the area of the brain uh, that has anxiety is the same area of the brain that provides thanksgiving. So we cannot do both at the same time. We have to choose to be anxious or we have to choose to be thankful. So I charge you to be thankful in all that we do. Present a request to the Lord. Leave our anxiety at the door, at his feet, and be thankful knowing that he is our peace. Thank you. All right, so heard the first one. Be careful how we live. And, and this set of scriptures here, Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Um, again, instead of being anxious, go to the Lord in prayer. Be thankful. Uh, Hosea 6, uh, verses 1 through 3. Come, let us return to the Lord, for he has torn us, but he will heal us. He has wounded us, but he will bandage us. He will revive us after two days. He will raise us up on the third day that we may live before him. So let us know, let us press on to know the Lord. His going forth is as certain as the dawn, and he will come to us like the rain, like the spring rain watering the earth. Amen. Thank you. So a verse the Lord showed to me with my family was, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ, and we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. Amen. Thank you. All right, so you heard that. So it's not just all adults who can share. If you're saved, you're a youth, you have the Holy Spirit. Okay, be open to the Holy Spirit. So the scripture is First uh, Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, verse 16 through 24. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the Spirit, do not despise prophetic utterances. But examine everything carefully, hold fast to that which is good, abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. And may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he who calls you, and he also will bring it to pass. Amen. Thank you. All right. See uh, one theme so far. And that's prayer. So we need to become more of a praying church. So I don't know if there's anybody who's struggling with praying. And, and instead of praying, maybe you're uh, replacing that prayer time with just being anxious or just worrying about whatever the situation is. But uh, that, that's one thing I've seen so far is prayer. 
while we were praying, the Lord laid on my heart uh, Luke chapter 16, verses 10 through 12. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest, dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will, be, who will give you property for your own? Something happened earlier today for me and my family, which I think is a good thing. But I think at the same time, we need to be aware that as godly men and women who have a relationship with Christ, if you're going to pray, expect that the Lord is going to answer that prayer. But at the same time, expect that there's going to be increased responsibility. And even though you may not be ready for it, through the anxiety of what may come upon you, the Holy Spirit does provide that courage and that strength to allow you to rise to the expectation that God has just placed on you because you've prayed for it. Thank you. All right. Mr. Steve. Romans 8, 6 through, through 10 says, For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Because the mind that's on the flesh is enmity against God. It's not subject to the law of God. It, it, neither can it be. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh. You're in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, yet if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Last Wednesday night I was sitting over there, and um, that over there on that side, and um, um, I had a rough day. (laughs) I came in, I was just under it, feeling sorry for Steve. And... As I said over there, as I walked in, I go, I'm a friendly guy. Um, just who's going to be friendly to me tonight? That was my attitude. And I thought, well, I'm just going to wait and let people come to me. Because I like going. To, I, my wife cannot get me out of here when I'm at a service. Come on, Steve. But I just thought, I'm going to see who's friendly to me. So I sat over there in myself, in my flesh, and worship God, if you can. And um, uh, during that time, you know, I kept waiting during the meet and greet for someone to dare to come up to me. And a sister was waving like this. But it was too late. They needed to come earlier. I was looking ahead and you were about to start. So I ignored that. (laughs) And anyway, as I sat there to about 20 minutes, the Lord just hit me. And And this verse came to mind. It says to be uh, the mind that is set on the flesh is death. I was sitting there dying. Horns were growing out of my head during a service. I could feel them. And when I saw that, I just, I just cried out to Jesus inwardly. Now, I know nobody else has happens to anybody else, but, but Lord Jesus... You know, uh, Hebrews 10.25 says, if we forsake this assembly, then, um, you know, that's not good. Because, especially because why? As much as we see what? The day of the Lord approaching. And my, 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 you can be here physically, but we can forsake being here in our mind.
So, Lord, make me to be here. Forgive me for that, Brother Durrell, with the saints. And I just, I, every moment here is precious in these last days. And I don't want the enemy to have any place in the church at any time. Amen. Amen. Thank you for sharing. So I saw um, another theme that kind of goes along with Ephesians 5. Um, New Living Translation, as, as our dear brother Joe used, um, watch how we live, you know, so we can choose to walk in the spirit. Um, and obviously, if we're not walking in the spirit, then what happens is we give in to the flesh because the uh, flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit lusts against the flesh. Now, see another hand. I'm taking a mic over there. I know some of you probably want to see me run, but I don't want to run and fall. And then you'll laugh. Here we go. So he said, um, I keep getting this word, no matter how old or how young, do not grow weary in being obedient. And so he sent me to kind of all of Philippians, but um, I'm going to go to Philippians chapter 2, 12 through 18. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is... God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Do all things, all, without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God, without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain yes and if i am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifices of service of your faith i am glad and rejoice with you all for the same reason you also be glad and rejoice with me thank you mr taylor awesome so we have that scripture up there all right romans 6 2 Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Amen. Thank you. All right. I'm, it's just adding to that theme of watching how we live amongst the perverse and crooked generation. And so I'm not going to ask anybody to raise their hand. Um, not yet. But maybe there's somebody who's been struggling with the flesh lately. Yeah, for whatever reason, maybe you haven't been spending time in the word as you should. You haven't been spending time in prayer as you should. You haven't been fellowshipping with the saints as you should. Haven't been surrendering to the Holy Spirit as you should. So maybe you're struggling a little bit in the flesh. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I will ask um, someone to raise their hand if they're willing to pray in general over the congregation, just in case there's somebody in here who's been struggling with the flesh lately. So do we have a volunteer to pray? That specific prayer. All right, Mr. Juan. Father God, I just we just come before you, Father, in one one unified voice. In one accord, Father, according to your Holy Spirit that lives and dwells within us. And Father, we know that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual principalities that come against us. And Lord, in many times you've also spoken, had the thin veil that exists between the spiritual realm and that which manifests itself in the, in the physical. And so Lord, we at this point, as a body, we renounce and we rebuke in the name of Jesus 
anything that comes against us, Father God, that would be flesh, that would be the old nature, that would cause us to sin, that would cause us to be tempted, that would cause us to fall away, Father, or just even to step away. We just rebuke that now in the name of Jesus, by the blood that was shed on the cross. Lord, the name of Jesus has power. And we just claim that power. We claim it to be true over us, over our bodies, over our minds. As has been spoken here tonight, Father God, these thoughts, that we just take them captive and we command them. We command them to be obedient unto Christ Jesus because we claim it as truth. And so, Father God, we stand firm in our faith. Help us, Father, to not forget that when we wake up, that we wear our, our armor, the battle, the battle armor that you have told us to wear. Not as we step out, but before we step out, Father, going out into the world where our mission field is at. And in that mission field, Father, is Satan. And so, Lord, we just want to just stand, stand our guard. We thank you that you have deployed your holy angels around us. Father, you are the army that stands between us and, and the devil. And so we thank you, Father, that we don't have to rely upon and feel guilty upon our sin because you have forgiven us. Help us to live in the truth and to be obedient unto your word, and that through obedience we will follow your will and into the way, Father, that you have created us to be, designed as bodies, as, as, as children of God. And so, Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, and for the Father. Continue to guide our steps and ordain us, Father, in a way that you have appointed us. For it is in the name of Jesus Christ, with all power and authority, we claim as true. Amen. So as I'm flipping through my Bible, going through Psalms, I land on Proverbs 18, verse 4. The words of man's mouth are deep waters. The wellsprings of wisdom is a flowing brook. Proverbs 18, verse 4. Thank you. Over here. Okay, so it's First Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 16, and it says, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts, as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. Amen. Another lifestyle one. Another lifestyle scripture. We're seeing a theme. Also, um, just saw another theme there in regard to the mind. Um, because as your mind is, that that's what's going to uh, be an outflow of that is your actions as well as your speech. So we have to guard our minds through the word of God and the Holy Spirit. So watch what we allow into our minds. Psalm 139, verses 17, 23, 
Um, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test my thoughts. Point out anything you find in me that makes you sad and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Second John. Hello. I just can't sit here and not say a word. I'm here. Okay. I just can't sit here and not say a word that what happened to me today. And it happened to me many days. Today, I had a chance to share what's in God's word to somebody that, that doesn't read it, doesn't come to church, doesn't do all of these things, enjoy the things that we enjoy every Sunday. I shared John 3.16 with her. For God so loved the world. And why I'm sharing that, I'm using my fingers. I'm using my fingers. And I just only used the fingers on my five fingers to show her that God loves her. For God so loved the world. He loved the world. Now what did he do? That's me. He loved you. And they even put a name in there. I said, you, did you know that you can put your name in the Bible? And she put, uh, put a name there. For God so loved the world. And what did he do with his love? He loved you so that he gave. What did he give? He gave his only son that he had. And she listened. She listened to that. And after that, we had a chance to share Romans 3.23. We all, we all have sinned. And we all are sinners. We all need help. We all have sinned to God. I'm sharing this to a, a lady that doesn't know. We can read the Bible. But if it doesn't go out there, it stays in. And that's not what God wants us to do. He wants us to give it. And I ride my go-go's and, and go go <laughs> and give my tracks out to people. Because I want to tell them. And then I was able to, after that, to show the wages of sin. And that's Romans 6.23. The wages of sin is death separated from God. But God didn't leave it like that because he loved you. He's, he has a gift for you. And that gift is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And she sat and she listened. We're sharing this right in. I went to, you know, went to beauty salon, took all that stuff out. So <laughs> that's true. I'm telling you what happened. It's just true. And after that, and she knew all of that. Now I said, said to her, "Would you like to have this God that loves you, that gave His only begotten Son to you?" And she said, "Yes." Oh. And that's Romans 
112. But as many as receive him, to them what I'm going to do. I'm going to get, I'm going to make you my child. And she sat there and she said, I see you understand. Because I was working fast. See, some of these points you got to, you got to work fast because then because Satan is on you. You know that. He's right there. And then because I, that other, the, the lady was going to come back in to do my And I didn't know. So, so then what she did, she knew that she was a God lover, knew that she was a sinner. God has a gift for her. Then she wanted that gift. So we just sat right in there and prayed it. Prayed the prayer. That that what she did. She became a child of God in that instant. And you know what I told her? I told her all the heaven, all the angels in heaven rejoicing. Rejoicing over you coming to be a child of God. And we had a wonderful time. And after that, you know, she carried me to my next apartment. Then I gave her this, and she doesn't live too far. I got her phone number, and so I follow up and talk with her later. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Amen. God is still working. Amen. See another hand. All right. Anyone else? Oh, right in the back. I can hold it. Um, the verse is First Corinthians ten thirteen. Um, I gotta find it. Sorry. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make you a way of escape, that you may be able to bear it. So God will help you, but you have to ask him to help you. And I had to learn this the hard way. But I've had people here who have helped me realize that. Thank you so much. Thanks for sharing. 1 Corinthians 10.13. 1 Corinthians 10.13. All right. Is there anyone else who wants to share? Okay. Jody. I just wanted to share that uh, in 1 Corinthians 10.13, when it says that God will provide a way out, Jesus is that way out. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And the only way to the Father is through Him. He is the way out. You have an issue, a temptation, turn it over to Jesus. Talk to Him. He just wants to hear you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Joe. Awesome. And another hand over here. Uh, Matthew 13, verses 3 to 9. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places, where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up, because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, 
and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and thorns sprang up, and choked them. But others fell on good ground, and yield, yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Who has he who has ears? Let them hear. Well, this kind of reminds me of like what's going on around the world, what's going on around school. Like people leave the faith because they are not grounded in it. Whereas some people they in it, they want to hear it, but over time they just forget it. Some people just don't want to hear it because they don't want to. But these, there are people that are strong in the faith. They plant seeds. Those seeds spring causing these people to grow in God's word and you're basically seeing them grow as an individual in God's faith thanks for sharing awesome okay we have one more and then we're going to go into worship through song and prayer so this is Psalm 138 verse 8 the Lord will perfect that which concerns me your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the works of your hands. Amen. Psalm 138, verse 8. All right, so we heard the themes, themes about lifestyle, watching how we live. We heard themes about uh, pretty much our mind, you know, you know, just watch what goes into our minds. Obviously, we want the word of God to fill our minds. Also, we heard about prayer. Instead of worrying, instead of allowing ourselves to be uh, filled with anxiety, anxiousness, go to him in prayer. Um, and then I remember the, the scripture in Hosea that was up earlier. That sounded like restoration. And so if there's uh, anyone who needs healing, restoration whether it's emotional physical mental spiritual uh, we would love to pray with you and so so over the next uh, 10 minutes um, of the service if you need prayer feel free to come up for prayer um, or go to one of the leaders uh, in the church somebody mature in the faith that you may know of go to them for prayer or spend time alone with the Lord in prayer um, yeah but I'll be up here I'm not going to try to be cool or anything but I'm going to sit there not because I'm trying to be cool but just so you can know <laughs> but I'm there for prayer uh, but again you know I don't have a monopoly on the Holy Spirit so there's other people you can go to so I just want to leave you with that uh, thank you so much for coming out. May God bless you. May God keep you. Yeah, just encourage people to come up for prayer. But if anybody wants to stay and sing, we're going to sing, give us clean hands.
I'm going to make an executive decision here. Um, as the Spirit's moving, um, we don't want to stifle whatever the Holy Spirit's doing, but we also know that you guys have schedules, you guys have kids in the child care, different things going on. Feel free to get up, go grab snacks, fellowship, whatever, grab your kids, whatever you want to do. But for those of us who might want to linger here for a little bit more, um, 5, 10, 15 minutes more, I encourage those those of us who want to do that, do that, but don't. You're not going to be judged if you leave right now. <laughs> Sing, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you Every hour I need you My Lord My righteousness Oh God, how I need you Lord, I need
righteousness, oh God, how I need you. If there's anybody who feels led to pray for somebody, go ahead and come up here. And uh, anybody who wants prayer, just come up to that person that's, that's facing out. singing you are holy great and mighty we're singing you are holy great and mighty the moon and the stars declare who you are i'm so unworthy still you love forever my heart We'll sing about song I stand amazed in the presence I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus 
Jesus the Nazarene And wonder how he could love me Sinner condemned, unclean Singing how marvelous How wonderful and my song shall ever be You tell us that God is love in your word. So, God, we just want to tap into your love, your agape love. God, your unconditional love that only you can give. We want to be your ambassadors, your representatives to this lost and dying world. So help us to step out in faith, to just fulfill that calling, Lord. You work in us to will and to do your good pleasure, Lord. So I just pray, God, that you would just carry that to the fullness of everything you have for us, that we wouldn't miss out on any opportunities to surrender to you. Lord, we want to see the harvest come in. The harvest is great, but the workers are few, Lord. So help us to be those workers that put our hands on the plow and don't turn back. Help us always to lean on you, not our own understanding, to look to you, to look up. Our redemption is drawing so near. So, Lord, we just thank you, God. Just bless everybody as we go. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for sticking around. God bless.